the podcast is back the podcast is back the podcast is back welcome back to just another white guys podcast i'm dustin jones happy to have you along for the ride one more time well it's very very early on saturday morning as i record this uh open for the podcast it was a uh, long night last night we had uh a very fast moving uh but loud and powerful storm uh roll through houston um we uh, didn't have any problems um so thankful for that but it uh, did lead to uh you know, some tense moments. Uh, you're not really prepared and used to a, a tornado warning uh, popping up at midnight uh, in January. So, all is well. No tornado uh, near us. And it wasn't anything like uh, we've seen before when we lived in Oklahoma or anything like that. So, nothing to worry there. Just a little extra added excitement to the evening. Uh, While we were waiting for that storm to roll in, I uh, recorded this episode of uh, my podcast with uh, our good friend Rod Stark, and uh, it is a very fun time. So fun, in fact, we did it twice. Uh, We had started to record Friday afternoon, power flashed off, lost all of the uh, recording that we had done so far, and uh, had to start over last night. I think that actually was to the benefit of uh, both you, the listener, and uh, myself and Rod, uh, as our second conversation was somehow even better. So while that is uh, lost to the uh, audio gods, we have a full episode for you to uh, check out and enjoy. I would just like to say thank you for everyone who's been taking the time recently to listen to the podcast. Uh, your downloads uh, are, are fantastic, and I really appreciate them. If you could take the time to uh, share the podcast, uh, like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, I checked my iTunes reviews for the first time ever. Uh, I had six reviews, uh, including a couple of ones. Um I wish they had left a comment because I wondered what it is that they didn't like, unless they thought one um, was good. <laughs> if they thought I was number one, well, thank you for that. Um, otherwise, it sucks that they didn't like my podcast, but hey, you know, I'm not for everybody. But I wish they had left a comment so I knew what what it was they didn't like, so maybe I could uh, try and fix it. But uh, alas, no constructive criticism, um, just a one. But not to worry. We'll keep the uh, train rolling on Just Another White Guys podcast. Really starting to feel like we're getting back in a groove here. And uh, excited to see what 2020 brings uh, in terms of the podcast. Obviously, the uh, year 2020 is on pace to be a giant clusterfuck. Maybe it'll start to get better. Who knows what the rest of the year will bring, but I know that more JogPod is on the way. So, sit back, relax, check out the newest episode of Just Another White Guys Podcast. Let's go jogging.
Well, in the interest of full disclosure, this is the second time that we're recording this podcast. It's about um, seven and a half hours uh, later than when we originally started, but I am happy to have with me, as promised, when you win the Bag of Dicks League, you get to come on the podcast and gloat about your win to bask in the glory of a fantasy football championship, especially when you go from worst to first, you can only take any opportunity that's available to you to gloat. And so today, I'm happy to welcome back a Jogpod Hall of Famer, one of my best friends in the world, the legend himself, Rod Stark, back to Just Another White Guys podcast. Welcome back for take two, sir. Thank you, thank you. The honor is all yours to have La Champion on your program. Oh, it's <laughs> it is the honor is all mine, and I and I appreciate you taking time yet again out of your day to uh, to talk to me. Just thinking back on the first conversation we had, we had some some golden nuggets in there. I'm so annoyed uh, that that forty minutes of our conversation is just lost. I, it's not lost on me, though, that uh, we were talking about conspiracies in the government and uh, the, the power immediately all that switched stuff. off. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a suspicious time for the uh, power to be cut and the episode to be deleted. But uh, I digress. Uh, let's focus on brighter things. My victory in the Bag of Dicks League. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, a more <laughs> deserving guy. A more knowledgeable guy than uh, yours truly. <laughs> what what I do um, what I do have to say is that seven and a half hours has made a world of difference in terms of uh, your mood in terms of this conversation. You seem you seem like you're a little bit more upbeat than you were this afternoon. <laughs> well, you see, uh, earlier this afternoon I was chasing around a four year old uh, <laughs> who uh, on the Drop of a dime, we'll just turn and uh, have meltdowns. He goes from uh, 100% awesome day to uh, just saving the world within seconds. Uh, so, so it's a bit stressful. He's he's now in bed, and I have had a uh, a glass of uh, fine proper 12 whiskey. Attaboy. Uh, yeah, the, the evening is much better now. So when we in in our previous uh, version of this podcast, we we went right into the fantasy football. But I'm going to stop here for a second because your life has changed significantly in the last few months. Um, people who may not know, you have a high school age son, Liam, um, who is you know becoming a man and you know living his life and all these sorts of things and. Y- you now have a four-year-old living with you, and not your biological son, but a son that you've chosen to bring into your life and love nonetheless. Tell the people, what the fuck were you thinking? I, I um, ask myself that on a daily basis lately. No, uh, it's uh, my cousin. Uh, he has family. He was uh, in the foster care system, wanted to get him out of that, so... Nobody seemed to either be willing or able to step up. And uh, we had an empty room here 
so Liam and I talked about it and just, uh, I don't, I think we just would have had too much guilt not to have at least tried to step up. Right. Uh, so, you know, we said, Hey, let's, uh, let's offer a spot and try to get approved. To be honest, I didn't think a single person could do foster care. I always thought it had to be married couples. Um, but that's not the case. If you have room and are capable of taking care of a child, then you can get approved for foster care. It is a crazy, crazy amount of hurdles and stuff you jump through, but it is possible to do. So yeah, like you said, I went from just having a 16 year old who now has three semesters left in high school, then he'll be off to college to now having a four year old with uh, some behavioral stuff. So it is night and day for sure. And, and so tell the people the name, this gentle, this little boy's name. Uh, his name is Messiah. Messiah. Uh, Messiah right. James. Yeah. So he's a, he's an MJ Messiah James. He's a, a four year old that is the size of a six to seven year old. He's a big boy. Uh, he's going to be definitely into sports. He's already wants to play sports. He gets mad because he's not old enough, but he's as big as kids that can play sports. Right. So, so when people say he's not big enough, he gets a little pissy, but, uh, no, uh, he's, uh, He's really smart, really funny, but like I said, he's just been through a lot, so he's got some behavioral stuff. Anytime there's a correction, he wants to just burn, not literally burn the place down, but figuratively burn everything down. Like the smallest thing will set him off uh, to just push it to the point of everything's going to go wrong that day. He's going to fight you. He's going to have trouble, um, but then he'll have days where everything's great. He's, you know, a normal four-year-old, and we have fun, but it's, uh, it's definitely an adventure. So is the plan for him to, you know, like basically like he's your son and like that's just the way it's going to be from now on? Are you taking care of him until family can get on their feet or in a proper living situation, or are you just – Taking it day by day? Oh, kind of in the middle of day by day. Uh, the hope is that uh, things get straightened out and everything works out to, for him to move back with his family. Uh, but the backup is, you know, it, it might happen. And statistics say that, you know, there's a good shot that I'm going to end up having him long term. And uh, that was. A, uh, a choice that, you know, I ste- stepped up and, and made. Uh, obviously, my hope is that everything works out and he can move back and the situation's good, but not to the extent of I don't want him to move back if the situation's not going to be good, right. if that makes sense. So you're you're willing to be committed to the long term with the hope that, you know, the other situation works out better, but if it doesn't, you're prepared to to uh, see Messiah all the way through to whatever his journey looks like. Exactly. It will, as sure as I can be, you know, as right. sure as I you mean, can be with, uh, you know, life nowadays. Uh, you know, we might be in a post-apocalyptic world within the next <laughs> couple of years. Who knows? But uh, I, I'm 
with brighter things in mind, I I hope that uh, looking at looking looking at it from a more optimistic perspective. That's yes, yes. Well, uh, the fact that we have cooler heads for at least today uh, when it comes to uh, politics and the national scene. Uh, hopefully, you know, the world is great and we're better in another 20 years and he's living a prosperous life as well as Liam. And, you know, like I mentioned on a previous podcast, I only have a, a certain amount of years left before I'm gone. So right. maybe this will, you know, give me some good karma in the next go around. Maybe this helps. Maybe this helps swing your destiny. There you go. Uh, to put in perspective, though, when I when I talk about these crazy things with Messiah, uh, the other day we we woke up, got him ready for school. He was having a good morning, got all ready for school. He's watching YouTube, which is his favorite thing in the world. Uh, let him watch his video. He got done with that, and I was like, okay, let's get our shoes on. Let's get ready for school or get ready to go. And he stands up, looks me in the eye, gets a mean face on, and just shits his pants. i'm like what are you doing he's like i'm pooping i made a choice i was like that's that's not okay that's not he's like see you're mad at me i'm like i'm not mad i just i don't know what you want what are you doing that for i made a choice like do you want to wear diapers he's like no you're gonna make people think i'm a baby at school i'm like no i'm not I just don't want you to poop in your pants. He's like, I wasn't potty trained. I'm like, no, you're you're potty trained. You just decided to. You just said you did it on purpose. I did. I'll do what I want. Like seriously, dude, you can't <laughs> poop your pants, man. And he's like, he's like, you make choices. I'll make my own choices. And then uh, he was all upset. Didn't want to go to school got cleaned up and then like five minutes later everything was fine went to school had a great day came home acted like nothing happened uh but yeah it's just crazy stuff like that or uh we were at uh myers the other day which is a local grocery store and we're shopping and he's like hey hey rod i'm gonna yell help i said why would you yell help he's like i'm gonna tell these people you stole me (laughs) I said, why would you? Why would you do that? They'll never believe you. I said, never believe me. What? They'll never believe that I'm yours. And I said, what? Why? And he just points at his face and then points at my hand. And he's uh, mixed race, so he's uh, got a different skin complexion. And he's like, they'll never believe you. And he just points at his skin. I'm like, where do you learn this stuff? What the like, fuck is he watching that. on YouTube? I'm like, do not do that. Do not do that. They will not. He's like, they're going to call the cops on you. I'm like, what in the hell? Like, I tried to. Dude, this is a four year old? Obviously, you don't want to encourage this behavior. But, like, it's both, like, the most infuriating and the funniest thing I've ever experienced at the same time with a four year old. And it's like, what what do you even respond on something (laughs) like that? So we just. I distracted him with fruit snacks, and then we carried on in the store. But it's like, <laughs> I, you should you should have just said, "Good motherfucker, I don't want to take care of you anymore." <laughs> well, see that 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 would be my trigger response. But 
I know he's already got emotional stuff going on. So while, while I could take things like that, I don't think that, you know, I don't want to la- have lasting scarring on the kid that yeah, he's that's more than so. he's already got. But, but goddamn. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, um, let's just say I haven't had as well, as much uh, good sleep since uh, Messiah's been in the house. But overall, uh, I, wouldn't, I still wouldn't trade it. I think it's important. Um, Liam as well. He's he's doing all right with it. There's times where he's like, get Messiah out of my room and keep him away from me for a while because Messiah doesn't like turn off. Right. He's 100% go. So, and Liam's at the teenage stage where you just want to chill in your room and play games and listen to music and not deal with a four year old. So, right, right. Wow. So that's, uh, that is a definite. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Hey, we talked in the uh, in the podcast that no one is going to get a hear. We did talk about how uh, it's important for people to keep crossing lines because you don't know where the line is until you cross it. I feel like Messiah is uh, learning that already in a very early point in his life. He is definitely a line crosser. The boy is going to push some boundaries, and he actually is really funny. So maybe. He'll be uh, the next Dave Chappelle or uh, one of these uh, comedians that kind of push boundaries. And then he can uh, start paying me back for all <laughs> I do for him now. All right, sir. Well, as as promised, you are the champion of the Bag of Dicks League. Um, so let's... Let's hear. You want to give? You want to just throw up double fingers to everyone? What? What? How are you feeling after this? What some might call a miraculous victory. Well, let me start off by saying that uh, while I, I I did joke about you know oh it can happen to a better guy and all that, uh, I have a lot of fun with you guys on the fantasy football this year. I happened to take a break from social media in October, so the whole month of October I didn't have any social media going. And because of that, it gave me more time to be on the fantasy football app because I'm an addict to social media. So I have the the time that I need to be trying to play with my phone. So I, I feel like that played a, a big role. And then obviously, as we talked about in the uh, the lost gem of an episode, uh, getting Lamar Jackson uh, off of uh, a late round pick later than we even thought until you looked it up earlier. Uh, yeah, was you got Lamar Jackson. A, Lamar Jackson in the twelfth round, the hundred and thirty eighth selection in our league. As my backup quarterback, right? So, yeah, I mean, obviously that made a big difference. Uh, I I did uh, pick the Patriots as my defense, and they had a stellar year as well. And I I had some some pretty decent picks other than Lamar, but the lucky pick of having Lamar, especially with the fact that. My main pick was Baker Mayfield, and uh, he kind of shit the bed this year. Uh, having that Lamar Jackson pick definitely helped save my season. And if you look at a few of the weeks, I wouldn't have had a win without Lamar. I had, uh, I also had Jameis Winston. So there were weeks where Jameis was scoring, you know, 20-something, 21, 22 points, but Lamar was 39. You know, he was 
still 15 points higher at least than uh, Jameis Winston. So that definitely made a difference some of those close weeks for me. Yeah, for sure. You look at just like your week one score. You uh, you So in our fantasy league, we have a, basically a 13-week a survivor pool, which basically means the lowest point score of uh, the week is eliminated. The first week of the season, you won by uh, 1.24 points, and you started Baker Mayfield. You had Lamar Jackson on the bench. That week, he scored 38 points. He scored he Lamar Jackson scored as many points as one, two, three, four, five of your players combined. And he was on your bench. But you still won. And that alone kept you alive and you ran the table and ended up winning the survivor pool along with all of the other things you won for the week. But you were close to being eliminated from the survivor pool on the first week. Yeah, right off the get go. And really, when when I was going through that first week, I was thinking it was going to be a replay of last season where I was last player. And I'm like, I did so much better this year on my draft. I thought I was going to do good. But as that that night was going on, I thought I was definitely getting an L. And then I, I squeaked that one out and obviously tightened some things up and adjusted, putting Lamar in there to – to dominate as well as you know picking up some free agents and stuff but uh yeah so fantasy football i, I definitely uh made a little bit of an improvement from last year you did a heck uh, of a job sir thank you sir thank and you. i feel like i feel like we would be remiss not to shout out uh amber and travis both of whom were in the top three last year and made the top three again this year uh, Amber won last year, finished second this year, losing uh, to you. Travis finished third. Uh, he beat me, and uh, I was able to squeak into the playoffs and uh, with a team that probably wasn't really deserving of being in the playoffs. But I, uh, I GM'd the shit out of my team. I was trying to be a mover and shaker, moving parts around. I At one point, I just gave away Odell Beckham Jr. just because I wanted him off my roster. So I didn't have to think about starting him. Because I, I made a huge mistake. I bought into the Browns hype and I drafted a ton of uh, Cleveland Browns. I had Nick Chubb. I had David I had David Njoku. I had Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. And you would have had Baker Mayfield had I not watched exactly. uh, Stone Cold's uh, TV show and thought... You know, hey, this Baker kid has something special. If Stone Cold likes him, then he's worthy of being my quarterback. But Stone Cold, Stone Cold actually, up. Stone Cold actually saved me because that forced me to take my guy Russell Wilson, who uh, not only is my was my fantasy quarterback this year, but is uh, the fantasy of my dreams as a quarterback in my real rooting life uh, as the Seahawks quarterback. So that. That and, went and he well didn't for the have most a bad part. Year himself. No, no, he did really, he did really well. Although the the problem is when your real team and your fantasy team rely on the same guy, and he doesn't have that great of a day, you get really upset. Yeah, it can kind of sink shit. But yeah, like you said, uh, real kudos to Amber because 
you can have a good year, but to be consistently in the top like that, she's obviously got some skill at what she's doing. So, uh, hats off to her. And we love Amber, even though she's a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I take that back. Everything <laughs> nice I said about Amber. The uh, the trash the trash talk between myself and Amber. Now Amber and I went to college together. Uh, we went to Brown College. We both were in the radio broadcasting program. Amber was like. 19 I think uh she might have only been 18 when I met her um but it's crazy to see that we've maintained our friendship all these years um she's grown she has a family she has two beautiful boys and she's crushing it and killing it in our fantasy football league and we we talk we've the the text messages have already been flying this week uh going over what's going to happen with uh between our two teams as they face off and uh, I look forward to a bunch of texts that say motherfucker from her uh, when something goes wrong with Aaron Rodgers. So that's what I have to look forward so to now, this weekend. They're, they're playing in on Lambeau Field, right? Correct. Seahawks travel to Green Bay. It's the, uh, it's, it's the fourth, it's it's the fourth game of the weekend. Out. You know, I have not looked at the forecast for uh, Green Bay this weekend. Let's, uh, let's give that a gander. Now, while I'm pulling that up, you also uh, got some motivation uh, from me as you headed into the uh, the fantasy playoffs, which which we're definitely going to talk about here in a second. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Green Bay is going to get a bunch of snow tonight and tomorrow. Uh, up to five inches of snow through Saturday night. Uh, Sunday is supposed to be partly sunny and cold 25 Sunday evening, a wintry mix. So that's going to make for an interesting football. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for, uh, Seattle coming from a little bit nicer weather than, uh, than Green Bay provides. Well, you know, I, I, Seattle doesn't play indoor, so I don't, you know, I'm not too worried about that. I, uh. You know, Russ is Russ went to college in Wisconsin, so he knows he knows all about that sort of thing. Um, but I, I'm I'm not I'm not expecting them to win. I'm very much hoping that they're going to win. Um, and of course, I'll be rooting. Holy shit! It's gonna snow in Seattle this weekend. Oh no shit! It's gonna rain. On, really it's gonna rain on Sunday and then snow on Sunday night into Monday. Gotcha. So that'll be fun to deal with when I go back to work on Monday because I'm going to have to deal with nonsense of fuel deliveries not being made. Anyway, <clears throat> as uh, as we talked about, you received a uh, key piece of motivation heading into your football championship. I don't know if people know about this or not. There's a, a service called Cameo, and basically you can pay a quote-unquote celebrity. There are some real celebrities on there, but it's mostly, you know, people that don't have anything better to do with their lives. <laughs> that you can pay them to record a nice message or a, uh, you know, some zingers or you know, a motivational thing. And I felt that it was incumbent upon me to return the favor. As Rod previously uh, purchased a cameo for me earlier in the season. 
uh, as we were about to go head to head, I felt that I I should return the favor, and uh, it it was really the the best best money I've ever spent. And uh, I'm gonna play that for you guys. Play that for you guys right here. Hey Rod, Strampal here. I heard you're going for the big win in the fantasy football championships. I've never played that. Maybe I should. And you're, you're called the Big Bag of Dicks League. Right on. So, I heard you were really shitty last year, but this year you're going for the title. So, way to go, kiddo. <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but I call everybody a kiddo. So, kick ass, win it, be a winner, have a beautiful holiday, and I'll talk to you soon. If you need anything or anything for me to help you win that game, reach out to me. So, as you heard, that is... uh. Porn legend, Buck Angel, giving that motivational talk to uh, to Rod. Rod, when when you received the notification uh, for this, what what was going through your mind? Well, first of all, I was at work and I uh, received a text message saying my cameo was ready. And at, at, when I first got the text message, I thought it was a mess up on their part, just resending the one that I sent you because it just said, Hey, your you know, your cameo is ready. But then as I clicked on it, it said, uh, your cameo by porn star Buck Angel was ready. And I, I immediately knew it had to have been Mr. Jones sending me uh, a message. So I, uh, I actually went to the bathroom at work because I figured not it was the first, not appropriate. Not the first person to ever go into the bathroom to watch a Buck Angel video. <laughs> I uh, I walked right into that one, but uh, I didn't want anybody to hear because I didn't know exactly what he was going to say, and uh, he did not disappoint, as uh, your viewers just heard. Um, <laughs> I can say without a doubt it was the uh, the most unique video that I've ever received in my life, and I've had some uh, some weird girlfriends before, uh, and. Uh, you know, I the whole time he was talking, I was smiling ear to ear. So I don't know what that tells you, but it was hilarious. Uh, definitely a good motivation to win. It worked. I mean, exactly. I, I took the league. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't call him for help. Uh, the, the wink kind of made me a little nervous. Uh, but overall, it was a great video, great inspiration, and uh, a great use of uh, the American currency. I think uh, Cameo is one of the the funnest uh, creations of the you know the nineteen or nineteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I'm just thinking about this Buck Angel. Uh, well, well, kiddo, well, kiddo. I would have to say <laughs> that uh, you what you should do is you should take the uh, little bit of the bubbly video that you posted on our. Uh, Facebook group and send that to Buck Angel on Twitter and just say, hey, you sent me a cameo. Uh, this is what, you know, I, and I won and I, I, you know, I owe I it won. all to you. Thanks for the motivation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so great, great uh, cameo for sure. Uh, I actually, the first time I heard a cameo was because Brett Favre got in trouble on cameo some uh white supremacists <laughs> tricked him into uh sending a message that had a bunch of their uh insider lingo and stuff and oh jeez uh yeah 
so I, I think they said it, you know, he charged 145 bucks or something for each candidate. <laughs> so Brett Favre got in a bunch of shit over 145 bucks. Plus, I, I don't think he gets the whole amount because she shares a portion with Cameo, too. So uh, a big superstar, you know, could have thrown away everything over something stupid like that. But And uh, as we talked a little bit before, uh, Whack Packer from the Howard Stern Show, uh, High Pitch Eric, oh, is, yeah. a, is a big uh, Cameo guy. And uh, if you ever want to be infuriated, uh, just go look up High Pitch Eric and uh, find out how much he makes off a cameo. He's he's uh, living off the government, gets uh, government assistance, and then he's racking in a bunch of money on cameo. It's just oh, frustrates the shit out of him. Seventy five dollars to book High Pitch Eric. He typically responds in about four hours. He has 702 reviews, which means at least 700, and and you figure they say only 10% of people leave reviews in general. So, this was that, 7,000? He was telling uh, Howard on, I think it was this this Wednesday, he was on the phone with them, and he said on average he does 15 to 25 a day. Jesus. And he's made enough money that he bought... uh, I, I just recently bought a Ford Focus titanium edition and I, I pay monthly payments on it cause I'm uh, a working stiff, but he paid in cash for this uh, Ford Focus titanium edition, just like I've got. And then uh, within a day crashed it, did $9,000 worth of damage, paid cash to get it repaired. And now he's racked up. I think they said 20 something speeding and other tickets. And uh, it's just a matter of time. He'll end up in jail, but uh, it's just infuriating that somebody with uh, no real value to society. Well, I, I take that back. I guess he has some kind of value because people keep paying him money to record stupid messages for him. But yeah, uh, it's frustrating. But on the flip side, if you do want a funny message for somebody, uh, Cameo is a good spot to go. You can find uh, Tiffany. You remember Tiffany from the 80s? Yes. Uh, I don't Definitely a, a crush on her in the 80s, but uh, you can get Tiffany to make a cameo for you, uh, and among tons of other quasi-stars and uh, loosely worded celebrities. Yeah, just some of the featured uh, featured folks on the front page of Cameo right now. Uh, reality TV host and BMX racer TJ Lavin. Uh, Chris Hansen from MBT, NBC's uh, To Catch a Predator. Is that what that show is called? To Catch a Predator? Yeah. <clears throat> you can get a cameo for 60 bucks. You can get a cameo from the, uh, the Soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Uh, right, in our, right in our wheelhouse, Big E from WWE, $125. There you go. Ooh, uh, conservative commentator and Fox News host Tommy Laren, you can get for $75. Oh, I'm sure you can get her to say some white, white premises shit. Our good, our good, our good friend Artie Lang's on Cameo, 150 bucks for Artie Lang. Um, doesn't seem too bad. 
We're just looking to see. Uh, I, I I will say this: if Danny McBride ever ends up on here, uh, you're probably you'll probably get a Danny McBride cameo from me. Uh, I've got some good Danny McBride story. <laughs> you don't you don't need a Danny McBride cameo. You have enough uh, Danny McBride cameos in your real <laughs> life to. Uh... <laughs> Some good ass times with old Danny McBride. Let's see. Any anyone else that uh, I don't know. But so the genesis, the genesis for me purchasing a cameo from you. As I said, you had purchased one for me, and I went to look at one for you to return the favor. Initially, I was going to get like a hot shit, like a porn star, like a hot chick porn star. I ended up I ended up going with a hot transgender porn star, but. I don't know if hot's the right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just just so we're on the same page, uh, while I would have loved a hot chick to send a message, this was way this was way more oh, worth the money. A hundred percent. This was way yeah. better than I ever could have imagined. You, you would have paid more money for a, a female porn star, and there's no way they would have been as funny as this. Yeah, it would be his. Yeah, it's Angel there's... killed it. Uh, money well spent, uh, for sure. Well, we uh, now I know that uh, you're a big fan of mine because uh, you know you listen to everything I do. You hang on my every word. You anxiously await every time I post a new uh, jog pod, and so I know you listened last week and. You are an avid connoisseur of all things conspiracy theory, not because you're like want to wear a tinfoil hat, but you just like you just like a little bit of chaos in the world. So you like to see what other people who enjoy chaos are talking about. Some of those people are complete lunatics, but some of them are people that just like to shit disturb, which is your kind of people. Anyone that anyone that is friends with you on Facebook knows that. Uh, 90% of the time, you're just on there stirring the pot. So, you listened uh, to last week's podcast with uh, with my good friend Ken Thomas, and we got into a, a discussion about conspiracy theories. So, I was just curious about um, what you heard, if you had anything that you wanted to add to that, if anything. I know there was, obviously, there was a ton of stuff that we didn't cover. Um, I know a couple of your favorites, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and that sort of stuff we didn't get into. Um, but I was just wondering what you thought about what you heard. Uh, definitely highly entertaining. Though the whole time I was just like, I got to hang out with this Ken dude. Uh, we could have some good conversations. Uh, I like the stuff on simulation theory. Just the fact that you know, I, I do believe that there's more and more with as much as we find out, there's a good shot that that might be the case. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm all across the board. I like to hear different people's theories of shit that, you know, could or could not be true. Sometimes it's fun just the the more wild it is, the, the more entertaining it is. But uh, the people that don't think there's that any of it is true, I think, are the people that are the most crazy. Because if you look back and just look at the shit that has come out that our government's actually done, if you don't think they do anything that's outside of the norm, uh, I think you're kind of off. But oh, a hundred percent. 
it, yeah, it, there's, because there are things that aren't conspiracies that, that are proven factual things that have happened that people think are conspiracies that are just things that were done. But you can't get them to even believe that, oh, no, there's no way they would have done it. 100%. It's not that they would do it. They did it. Oh, yeah. Well, the best example of that is when you tell people that we took Nazi scientists and put them in our space program and they actually ran NASA. Right. They're like, no, that can't be true. But uh, look up Project Paperclip. It's 100% true. Um, there, there's been so many, uh, there, I've been looking at this one, it's, um, it operation midnight climax Yep. and they were, they couldn't, they ran out of people that were volunteering for MK ultra. Uh, they were testing LSD, doing LSD experiments. So they started using brothels right? and they would, do, they would dose these guys and then have these, uh, prostitutes have sex with them and try to convince them to do different things based on that and just track on how uh, impressionable they were using LSD and sex to, uh, to both manipulate their thoughts and also, you know, to obviously gain control of them because they had the, the dirt on them that they were having sex with uh, hookers. So, and uh, you can actually look that up uh, project. Or Operation Midnight Climax. Well, Operation so. Midnight Climax was name dropped on the West Wing. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a yeah, there's I, an I, episode where they talk about is there he she uh, it's um CJ Craig who is the press secretary of the White House was um, trying to speak to someone from uh, what's called DARPA and. She was running down a list of, of things that had happened, and Operation Midnight Climax was something that came, like, it's just one that get, gets name dropped in there. So it's like, it's an actual real thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's awesome, though, that it's on the West Wing. Uh, you, you mentioned DARPA. When you talk about conspiracy and just crazy shit, oh, yeah. you can set everything aside and just look at the actual files that DARPA releases that. And the shit that they still do is insane. Like they're work, they're doing a lot with robots now, and they're working on robot warfare for um, future wars and stuff. And they they've got robots that actually fuel on human bodies. So the idea is, once there's dead soldiers on the field, the robots will consume them to fuel themselves. Jesus Christ. That was one of the most insane things I've ever read. And it came right out of a DARPA file. This isn't like, oh, a conspiracy guy said it. Like, they released it. It just says fueled on uh, organic materials from uh, enemy combatants, which translates to the dead bodies of enemy soldiers are going to be consumed by machines. Uh, And And in case someone's not aware of what DARPA is... It's the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. It is part of our government. And they have an annual budget of $3.4 billion. And that that's their on uh, the books budget. Right. They also have black funding, which I, I think they said almost a third of the defense spending is black money, 
which means they don't have to trace it. And the excuse they give is it's in uh, national interest to keep it confidential on exactly what they're doing. Because if they say, hey, we spent $5 billion on these spies, then they're, they're going to show, hey, these are our um, procedures and practices. Uh, so the flip end of that is they have this free reign with all this fucking money. But uh, yeah, DARPA is crazy. Some of the shit they've, they've done and are working on currently. One of the, so I, I just did a quick uh, Google search on DARPA and a, an interesting news story popped up. The former DARPA director uh, was just named Lockheed Martin's chief technology officer. So one of the largest uh, contractors for the U.S. government just named a former director of DARPA as their chief uh, technology officer. So that's interesting. That's not really a huge surprise given the connections with Lockheed Martin and uh, the government in general and former Vice President Dick Cheney and some of these other fellas. Uh, but why w- if you were Lockheed Martin, why wouldn't you want somebody connected to the uh, technology and DARPA of the government to be directly tied to your company's technology because you're writing contracts for the government? So 100%. it's going to be easier to get bigger contracts. So a website, like uh, a website called digitaltrends.com has a list of the coolest DARPA projects that we know about. Um, one of the top of their list is something called a soft exoskeleton, which basically would uh, allow for almost supercharged troops, um, giving them enhanced abilities, running faster with greater strength. I, I mean, that kind of sounds like they're trying to create Iron Man. Oh, for sure. At least the, um, who's Don Cheadle's character? War Machine. War Machine, yep. Yeah which is just a knockoff Iron Man, but more of an exoskeleton type deal. Uh, but yeah, they, they have all kinds of stuff like that. I remember reading in the late 90s in a, um, is it Popular Science? Is that the name of a magazine? Yeah, uh, uh, Popular Mechanics. Popular Mechanics, that's what it was. Um, so they had, back then, they were working on these contact lenses that would have interfaced with computers well now you they tie them right to cell phones and they've already got these in the field so you wear a uh, a set of contact lenses and it'll have a hud display which can pull up and scan across social media and different uh computer databases right and figure out who different people are and then then you can analyze them as a threat or not so it'll tell you it'll pull up if i walked into a room and i see and in my eyesight is your face. It'll pull you up. It'll scan for you, find out who you are. And then you can, uh, they tie that to their files and databases to decide whether you're a threat or not. Wow. So, yeah. And they've already got, this is in, in deployment technology. So I don't know how heavy it is, but they were already working with it in the 90s. And now it's already. They, they, invented, out, out of, they invented self-guiding bullets called Exacto Ammunition, using built-in guidance systems to keep it on target. Uh, submarine like hunt, submarine hunting drones. 
uh, robot insect spies, which would be invaluable in uh, spy spycraft, you would think. All kinds of goodies. So that's yeah, so like that's you, just the shit that we know about. Do you watch or have you watched Black Mirror at all? Uh, I only well, I've only seen one episode. Okay, because a lot of that kind of stuff is tied to stuff that different government things have worked on. Like, uh, there's an episode on there where they talk about these uh, robotic bees, and that technology actually exists through DARPA. It's called Hive Computing. So, one computer can run, it's, it's just like a cloud. So, the cloud controls all these different robots at the same time. And the reason a hive uh, mind or a hive computing works better is they can all go to one mission independently. So they're all doing independent stuff to then attack one target. So imagine a hundred or more robots or drones that their only primary focus is to take out a target so they can work independently, but for the same purpose, all off of one central server. Well, I mean, and, uh, they do they they do something like that with because um, I've I read some articles about how um, drones are replacing fireworks. There, there, people are coming up with programs for drones to put on fireworks displays where, like, they make the different shapes and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you can do that, I mean, it's not that big of a leap to think that you could just program a bunch of drones to attack a single target. Yeah, exactly. But you're you're also well. It's a little bit of a difference because in a fireworks display, there's no extra feedback. It's just you set up a program and they work. Where this is one, the um, the data coming back from one drone can affect all the other drones because they're picking up that information database. Right. So they're learning from each other. Where Fireworks drones wouldn't have to do that, but yeah, it's it's pretty insane. The the stuff that they already have admitted they can do, not counting all the stuff that they can't. And then that's why when stuff like what happened last week, where we announced that we killed the uh, number two guy out of Iran, we, we could have just they could have just taken him out, and nobody would have known who did it, and done from there. Right. Yeah. I mean. That's, I don't really feel like going down this whole path right now because it's just all so fucking stupid. But, I mean, like, why not just make it look like he got, I don't know, like, there was no reason for us to take credit for that. Except for the fact that they, that Trump wanted to take credit credit for it so that he could be like, look what I did. Exactly. Like you said, though, it's probably not a good path to go down right the, now. Just like the lack of the lack of the understanding of the geopolitical landscape is staggering, and that guy is a terrible guy. Like literally, no one else, no one could say that he's not. But the consequences of that choice, the ripple effect of that, is is staggering, and I don't trust anyone in that administration to have thought through 
what those impacts would be before making that decision. Because ultimately, and I mean, the story that came out was basically like, they put his name on the list as a, like, not even like a real thing, but just to get him, like, just to show him an option, not, not thinking that he'd ever choose it. But I mean, of course that would be what he would choose. Like, he always going to choose the most extreme thing. Exactly. That that definitely seems to be his strategy. Well, I won't say strategy because that invokes too much forethought that I don't think is there. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely saber rattling. But he also. But he, he's not saber rattling because he fucking he dropped a fucking missile on the guy. That's not saber rattling. <laughs> he fucking pulled his saber and chopped some shit down. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. It's just a mess, man. I, I'm glad that uh, you know cooler heads prevailed afterwards. So yeah, so far, from... I mean that it could have gone real bad, real fast, and I think that I think is I think the 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 strikes that Iran made um, were more of a hey, you know, if we really wanted to make this worse. We could have made this worse because my understanding is the weapons that they used for those strikes were not really the what you would choose if you wanted to make the most, if you wanted to do the most damage. Well, and it, it came out that they might have uh, went through some back channels to let us know right, that right. they were going to be. Yeah, they they were they weren't trying to escalate it. They were just trying to save face, which I get. Um, it's, they, it's a nod. It's a nod media. to your people to say, "Hey, this is not. You know, we we understand. Like, this is a thing. Like, we know that you want blood and you want vengeance, and he took out one of our people. But like, you know, there would have been fucking riots in the streets if Iran had taken out like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Because there's no there's no direct correlation between what Soleimani was and the Iranian government to someone in our in our government. Like, he's not really the vice president, but he's not really the chairman, like, he's kind of an amalgamation of a few different things. But if Iran assassinated someone high up in our government, like, we would expect that we would go over there and just level the place. Oh, exactly. We, we would not have tolerated that, even for an official that was lower than that guy. And like you said, he, he's a terrible guy. I would have classified him is a quasi terrorist. Um, he did terrorist type activities. They backed a lot of terrorists, um, and he supported training them and everything else. But on the flip side, it's you know, is it worth the chance of you know a world war? Because there, there was a you know a moment there that it could have been if different people right. didn't intervene, deciding that it wasn't a good idea to do such. Can you know? Could, would Iran beat us in a one-on-one? No, hundred percent. No, we would we would crush them. But if Iran is looking like they're on the good side because we are the ones that you know attacked first and did all this stuff, other other countries could jump in, and then it starts tipping. Absolutely, and yeah, I mean, they wouldn't like on a one-on-one fight. It, it wouldn't have been a, a fair match at all. But they certainly could have done things to cost us 
lives, materials, you know, it's not like we could have, I know everyone thinks that we're just the end all, the be all, end all, greatest in the world, and like, we're motherfucking America or whatever, but like, it's not like these people don't know how to kill people, you know, it's not like we would have gotten out there, gone, I mean, unless they were literally going to tactically nuke Iran, and it's, you know, I, I don't know that they would have, I mean, I don't, I would hope that we're not that barbaric. Well, I, I think there would have been uh, escalation with other countries if we would have did that. Oh, by, for sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you really look back when you say, oh, yeah, they know how to fight, uh, we taught them. Yeah. We taught the, the regime that's in there now. We helped topple a, a democratically elected regime that was previously in Iran. Uh, we helped train these guys. Same as uh, Osama bin Laden. We, tra- we train them, we give them guns, and then we send them to fight a proxy war, and then they figure out that their values don't align with ours, so then they start attacking us. And then we're like, wait, what? You know, we, we cause as much problems in the Middle East as anybody else. So it's just, it's just such a fucking mess. Rob, I think you're we're, right. we we're, take, we're, we're, we're the greatest. We're the greatest country in the world, and don't you ever fucking forget it. That we are, sir. That <laughs> we are. Uh, history is written by the victors, so we are back to back World War champs. And all you, and match. all, all we need to know about how true that is is the fact that we're wrestling fans, and you watch Vince McMahon rewrite. Every single piece of history in terms of wrestling, it's only through the way that he chooses to see things. So that's uh, always uh, an interesting microcosm of the the world we live in. We rewrites are done in our best interest, just like the Bible. <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't, we should probably not go well, back to that. No, from let's, earlier. let's let's not go back to that. Let's. <laughs> We're, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to push the envelope too much further in terms of our content, but also in the fact that we've gone almost an hour and the power is holding out and I want to make sure that we don't lose this. So let's wrap this up with something a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun. I know that, uh, you and I are both, we both love movies. We both love TV shows. I know that you recently, uh, finished what I think is the best show on television, television this year, which was Watchmen. And I just want to know what you thought about it. Uh, I remember the original movie vaguely. I watched it in the 90s. Uh, Enjoyed that back then. Uh, But from what I remember of that, it was an okay movie. This show was fucking epic. You don't need to know Watchmen to enjoy it, in my opinion. Uh, It had a lot of uh, racial stuff that was just super powerful and just well done. The whole story is just so fucking well done uh, that I would highly recommend it to anyone. I I think I agree. It's probably the best show this year. Um, It's hard to compete with. I do do love that you are saying that Watchmen, the Watchmen movie came out in the nineties. That dude, that movie came out in 2009. (laughs) (laughs) The graphic the graphic novel came out in the eighties, but the movie came out in the in nineteen okay. in, in two thousand nine. Really? 
Yes. I'm a grown up. Yes. See my my sense of time. Uh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that, then it's not it's even worse of a movie because I thought I had '90s graphics. <laughs> um. This this show though was epic on all levels. They they tied it together so well. They did an awesome job with the storytelling. And, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it as well. It's hard to compete with the uh, way they finished Game of Thrones and how well the uh, show producers did with that. <laughs> but I do think that this might uh, take the crown for uh, 2019's best show. I, I think if you look at uh, the way Game of Thrones ended through the lens of it being a comedy, it was great. No, it still wasn't great. <laughs> it was shit. Either way you look at it. Um, no, to be fair, um, it wasn't Dexter level bad oh, God, for the no, finale. No. Uh, they didn't have Jon Snow end up as a lumberjack after a hurricane, but uh, it. I, I feel like if the buildup of the show wasn't so epic going into that last season, that last season would have seemed fine. But there was so much great content going into it and such a buildup of those characters that it felt uh, like a a big fumble. So, but uh, enough of the negative. Watchmen, on the other hand, finished strong. I I could see how they could do another season of it if they wanted to, but I could definitely see how that could be self-contained with the way they ended it as well yeah and i think so damian lindelof was the creator uh of the show uh and wrote and directed a bunch of the episodes and stuff like that and from his standpoint it this was a a self-contained story that is basically just a mini-series now i think hbo definitely wants to stay in the Watchmen game and, and would like to have additional um, stories and, and things like that from this universe. But I don't know that we're going to get a Damian Lindelof continuation of, of what he did. But, I mean, Regina King is just fantastic. So I just I, – I, I'm on board for whatever Regina King does next because – and and she is she has worked well with Damian Lindelof in the past. She was in um, his previous HBO show, which was The Leftovers, which was another fantastic show. I don't know if you've seen that, but that show was fantastic and and brilliant and just like another level of of television. Yeah, I I watched the first season and then never picked it back up after that. Yeah, uh, just, I, I would I would recommend I would recommend finishing it up. I um someone I can't remember if it was on Instagram or Snapchat or some someone someone I follow somewhere posted something about starting Dexter, which is so odd to me because the show is, is so old. But I had the same like I wanted to send a message like please just stop after season five. What, what season is West going? Uh, I think. So I think it starts in season four and wrap. I think that story wraps up in season five. Because I, I, he was the that was the pinnacle of the show, right? With him versus John Lithgow. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
with the one with uh, Colin Hanks was pretty decent too. Right. Uh, the start of it, at least. And then it just, the last season went off the, the wire. But, yeah, uh, the, last, the last two seasons, the last, the last season is awful. The last two seasons are, are pretty terrible. So who was who was or what was your favorite movie of 2019? Oh man! Well, I mean, the obvious answer is Endgame. That that clicked. I mean, that checked all the boxes for me. It, you know, it was the culmination of you know a ten year investment of time and love of these characters and all that. I mean. I think the only the only Marvel the only movie the only MCU movie I didn't see in the theater was Iron Man one, and that's just because like I'm I'm a very like it's not until the last few years that I've really gotten into these movies and like I was never really a super like comic book kid. I've always loved I've loved Superman since I was a little kid. But that's because I love the Christopher Reeve movies. I didn't really get into the comic books. But just the and it's it's the thing that that I that I'm torn about with the last Star Wars movie, and because it's so hard to do what Endgame did, which was take all of these characters and all of these stories and land them so perfectly with such a fitting story and there there are people that have problems with endgame and i understand that i have zero problems with that movie so from a what was my favorite movie of 2019 it was endgame absolutely gotcha how about you i see i well i would i have to put the caveat in because like you said endgame was a wrap of uh, 10 years so i kind of set that to the side because it is part of a set. And I would say Joker was my favorite movie of the year. Mm. It was such a different fucking take on comic books. It wasn't a comic book movie. It was a a psychological thriller. I, and go ahead. I enjoyed Joker. I don't think Joker is a good movie. I think Joaquin Phoenix delivered a brilliant performance. But as a movie, I it's it's fine. Um, I, yeah, I don't I don't love the Joker. I I respect yeah, I respect what of, they did, but it, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know about that. It reminded me of Fight Club. Like I liked the unraveling and the you didn't know what was real sure. or not real. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, so, have you heard what the original cut was of that? Like, their original plan for the ending of The Joker? Uh, well, you, tell me what you've heard, and I'll tell you that it's probably untrue. Okay. So. Because if you're, uh, you're going to tell me the story that Kev Smith told on his podcast, that story's been proved to be false. What, what, what story was that? That it was supposed to be... Um, Shit, now I can't remember what it is. It's that, um, fuck, now I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, go ahead. Tell, tell, oh, tell what you okay, thought, so, what you've heard it was. So maybe this is a completely false story, and that's where I heard it. I don't remember that it was from Kevin Smith, but, uh, so at the end, he's talking to the psychiatrist, 
and he starts laughing and she says, what's so funny? And he says, you wouldn't get it. Right. Is this what, is this what you're thinking about or no? Uh, maybe, but. Okay. So when he does that, it flashes to, uh, the Waynes in the alleyway. Yeah. And you, it's the Joker and he shoots both of the parents and then he shoots Bruce. Yeah. 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 That's that. That's a completely untrue story. Ah, well, fuck that. I it's a it's a great it, story. It, could, it would be the best thing ever. It would have been the best ending to a movie, to a comic book movie, because that would have made a new Gotham with no hope. Right. Because the did you know that uh, Thomas Wayne was originally supposed to be Alec Baldwin, but he turned it down. Oh, really? Yeah. That would have been incredible. At least, it, yeah. At least according to Alec Baldwin. What my understanding no. is that Kevin Kevin told that story on Fat Man Beyond, and a bunch of people came out and said that that never was in a script. That was never anything that was shot. That was never no. It's it's a fan theory, but that was never actually something that they were going to do. Oh, okay. So it it would have been it, it would have been fucking amazing. Yeah, the way I heard it is they they didn't ever shoot it. That just was the way it was originally written in the script, and they decided there was no way that was going to go over. Yeah, <clears throat> but it was a different universe for sure. I will I will there. say I will say some of the other movies I love this year. Um, I watched Ford versus Ferrari recently. I really like that movie. Um, just today, as we're recording this. Um, I went to the movies this morning and I saw 1917, which technically is a 2019 movie. It was released on Christmas Day in uh, select theaters uh, to qualify for awards contention, but went into wide release this weekend. That movie is brilliant and horrifying and it's it's dark and yet hopeful at the same time. Like It seems like utter bleak despair. But there's like a still like some hopefulness like buried way deep below. It's a it's a it's a very it's a very jarring movie. In in some ways in some ways it's like the first fifteen minutes of uh, Saving Private Ryan, but it's that intensity like the whole movie. Gotcha. But uh, not as many people's head get blown off in front of you. But it's a, a movie that I would, I would definitely recommend. I uh, Let's see, what else did I like? Um, uh, the, the Fred Rogers movie, uh, Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Um, what's it called? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Gotcha. I heard that was a little misleading because it's not as much about Mr. Rogers as it is about an interviewer. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not it's not a movie necessarily about Mr. Rogers. It's about the guy who interviewed Mr. Rogers and how he impacted this guy's life. Gotcha. So I would say those uh, Knives Out is a movie that I've heard is great. I, I've I've watched like the first fifteen minutes of it. And Nikki fell asleep on the couch, and so we didn't get to actually finish watching it. 
So that's on the list of things I still need to see. I've heard nothing but great things about that. What uh, what else what else for you other than Joker? Um, Uncut Gems is pretty damn good. Uh, surprisingly, Adam Sandler in a serious role worked. Uh, but yeah, Uncut Gems is really good. Uh, I think it technically came out this year, but there were screeners for it. Uh huh. Was uh, Frozen Two? I <laughs> I thought that was really good. So. Uh, I highly recommend Frozen too. <laughs> that that's not a recommendation I would have expected from you, but given that you have a four year old living in your house now, uh, maybe I should expect to uh, hear about more movies like that. Well, it had one of the most profound lines that I've ever heard in a kids' movie. Kristoff uh, says to uh, Anna, "My love is not fragile," and I I, I was like, "Damn, that is that is powerful." Because she says sorry for running off and stuff, and my love is not fragile. So wow. if you can learn something about love from a kid's movie, uh, you know, it's a, it's a damn good day and one and well spent. Oh, I know a movie that I forgot to mention that I really loved, and it, it was a polarizing movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you watch it? I did. I did. I saw that movie recently. I really enjoyed it. See, I, I fucking love I was really big into the Manson family murders and stuff. Right. Uh, so I went in thinking it was going to be that. And obviously, not to spoil anything, but it, it diverges quite a bit. Well, it's a, uh, it's, a Tar- it it's a Tarantino movie. Everything seems like it was going normally amazing. and then he rewrites history. Exactly. It was amazing. Brad Pitt was amazing. Leo was amazing. Some of their finest work, in my opinion. There Especially is, Brad. Brad was just fucking awesome in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. There is a there is another movie that came out in 2019 that I want to see that I haven't seen yet. It's Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, what is that? I I saw somebody. So it's directed. It's, it's directed by Taika Waititi, who's di- who's directed a bunch of really quirky stuff. Also directed Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Um, but yeah. he's uh, he's he's uh, directed some other really quirky films, um, and basically it's this uh, it's the the story is basically this young kid has an imaginary friend who happens to be Hitler. What? <laughs> and it it's just sold, yeah, sold, sir, yeah. I believe there's screeners out that uh, may be uh, available. That is awesome. Uh, that's definitely on my list now. Just because I know his the director's personality, so it's got to have some charm to it. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Did uh, you ever watch What We Do in the Shadows? What We Do in the Shadows. Is that Taika Waititi? Yeah. Is that the vampire it's, one? Uh, yeah, it's like a vampire yes. documentary. Yes, I saw that. Um, I think I watched that this year, actually. It is good stuff. They they just made a TV show out of it, so I haven't watched that. But uh, the actual original movie is just hilarious to me. It's just oddball funny. Other but, than uh, other than okay, the Watchmen, I'll, I'll other than the it. Watchmen, any uh, any other good TV shows this year? Um, let's see. Stranger Things is always good. 
they did uh, season three this year. But uh, I've watched a lot of crap, but I can't remember it, so it couldn't have been that good. Right. Um, I started Euphoria, but having a teenager, it was just too dark for me. I was like, you know what? I can't do it. That show That show is I amazing. Did. Yeah. it lo- Like, I watched the first two. They're the fir- Maybe I quit after one. Oh, you got to give it more than you got to give it more than one. It, it no, it was just too rough for me. I couldn't do it. I, I just, I it, just sad. It, but it, it pays off. Like it's worth it. Okay, I might have to do it when I'm in good spirits. Right? Yeah, I mean, just, that maybe not a great show to watch when you're not uh, in full. Uh, you know, well, especially when you have a teenager and you're seeing all this drug negative, like depression stuff with teenagers, it's like yeah. But at the fuck, same time, little... but at the same time, like this would be like the absolute worst possible outcome of things that happen if you have a teenager. So, like, it, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's it's yeah, like it's teenage true. life turned up to like 23, which is not really realistic. I gotcha. It, it's uh, Dawson's Creek if it was on HBO and they had Bluff. <laughs> um, so much, so much better than that. I don't know. I was a Creek fan. It's like it was like Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, and then a lot of drugs and sex that you could watch on TV. Oh shit! I forgot about One Tree Hill. Oh. Never, 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 never lose your respect for the tree, sir. OC, OC was my favorite out of all of them, though. I never watched the OC. I was a, I was a Creek guy, oh, and then I watched One Tree Hill, but I never, I never went, uh, I never went to the OC. The OC was my shit for quite a while. Uh, when I was too old to probably be watching it, and I was a guy, not a girl, so right. also not the demographic they were shooting for, but. It was a hell of a show. Plus, that that gave uh, Benjamin McKenzie or whatever his name is the start to then become Commissioner Gordon on Gotham. So yeah, there it all you comes go. full circle there. Absolutely. All comes back to that nerd stuff. I definitely would say uh, I, I know I talked about this in the podcast with Dana. Uh, some of my favorite TV shows, though, definitely Mrs. Fletcher. I can't recommend enough to people. I don't think we're ever going to get any more of them. Um, but Mrs. Fletcher on HBO. One of the best shows that was made uh, this year. Uh, I love that mo- I love that show. Uh, Euphoria was fantastic. Silicon. The final season of Silicon Valley was amazing. Uh, the final season of The Good Place has been amazing. Just came back last night. The Good Place, maybe my favorite TV show of all time. Oh, well, it's, it's still gonna, and nothing other than The West Wing. The West Wing is always the best show ever. No one can ever talk me onto that. I don't want to hear from you motherfuckers that love Seinfeld, Sopranos, The Friends, any of that shit. The Wire, fuck it all. The West Wing is still the best show ever made. So did you watch Parks and Rec? Yes. I love Parks and Rec. Oh, okay, because this is the... Uh, you know that The Good Place is the same universe? Yes. Okay. It, sorry, to digress. Oh, another great show. Well, the guy that the guy that the guy that does Parks and Rec is Moe's from The Office. Oh, gotcha. But uh, back to the great shows this year. One that you recommended that definitely hit it out of the park. The Boys. Yes, 
Absolutely, the boys almost forgot about the boys. Another fantastic TV show. Season two will be coming out in 2020 on Amazon Prime. So the streaming wars continue. I got my I got my new Mac. Um, I I got a year of Apple TV for free. I've no idea what the fuck is even worth on there watching, um, but I have it. Um, as, I hear as we, morning show is good. As we talked about in the uh, podcast that no one will hear, we uh, have to give our monthly tithing uh, to our monthly tithe to the mouse um, with Disney Plus, which is, dude, how did we get an hour and twenty minutes in this podcast? We didn't talk about the Mandalorian. I know, right? Uh, I have to confess, though, I'm only in the episode three of The Mandalorian. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, that's something the, we'll save for the, another conversation. Yeah, we'll have to follow up later. And that's because of a four-year-old that is wild and uh, just constantly asks me questions why we watch it. So I'm like, no. Yeah, that uh, may, that's, I'm going to wait. There's too, much going, there's too much subtlety in that show for a four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, it does not work. Well, turn him, turn him on to clone, turn it, put him onto the Clone Wars, the cartoon. Well, he wa- he watches that too. It's because of Baby Yoda, because that Baby fucking Yoda is everywhere. So yeah. he sees a picture of Baby Yoda, and now he wants to watch Baby Yoda. Damn but it, does, it Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is a uh, new. Way of life, the religion of Baby Yoda will uh, take over soon. So now I know that that we that we talk about having to tithe to the mouse, but really, who we should who, the Lord and Savior of all of us is John Favreau. I who would have thought watching uh, Swingers? What, what the hell, Swingers? That's what it was. I was like the movie with Vince Vaughn. Who would have thought that that guy? would have ended up doing all the things that he's done, giving us Iron Man, giving us Baby Yoda. Uh, what else? He just did something else, too. Uh, he did Lion King. He did Jungle Book. Lion King. He just did a bunch of shit. He so, did Chef. A, a very underrated movie, Chef, which, uh, was yeah. a, which is a food porn movie, which, I mean, I am... Food porn is my second favorite kind of porn. <laughs> Got the loud laugh out of the background. Uh, well, there's no better clothing than porn to exactly. finish the podcast there. Absolutely. We will wrap things up. Thank you so much for doing this for a second time. I uh, truly appreciate it. You have uh, anything you want to plug? You want people to follow you on Twitters or Instagram or anything like that? Uh, no, no, no following. Uh, eventually here I'll, uh, get some motivation here in 2020 and start podcasting again, but I haven't done that yet. So when I do, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you'll be on there and can cross promote and stuff like that. But, uh, just want to say, I love you guys. Welcome to 2020. Uh, there's no better people than the Joneses. So glad to call you guys friends i can't wait for uh your birthday to come up i'm sure we'll talk before then but for sure i just wanted to tell you i love you i love you too and uh 2020 we definitely need more star contrast so everyone can look forward to rod bringing that podcast back in 2020 i of course will be back next week with another episode of just another wild guys podcast thank you for spending a little bit of 
your time listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. If you would do me a favor, like the podcast, share it. If you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Google Play Store, Stitcher, uh, on the Podbean app. Also, something that uh, may be coming up in the future, Podbean actually has the ability to do live shows and podcasts through their website uh, in which you can actually listen in real time as we do a podcast. So be on the lookout for a future live episode of Just Another White Guys podcast. You can click in. uh, I I guess I can take calls, uh, answer emails, all that sort of stuff live on the air. So that's something to look forward to in the coming weeks and months. We'll have much more as we roll along in 2020 here on the podcast. Once again, I'm Dustin Jones. Thank you very much. Always protect the five hole. Hey, Ty, who's your favorite person? Only Dustin. Fucking right. Too much. Oh, it hurts. Oh, too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much.